right. Well, this morning, it's our last morning, and we are, we've been so excited to have you with us all semester. It's been great. And uh, Maria is going to come and share the word with us this morning about the Holy Spirit. So let's welcome her as she comes to bring us the word. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that because of the work of the cross, we can come boldly in your throne room. Lord, we thank you for your Holy Spirit that fills us, that's with us, that speaks to us, that guides us and leads us. Father, we thank you that because of what Jesus did on the cross, I can say right now, I bind any demonic spirit in this place any lying spirit, any Leviathan spirit that would want to bring confusion. And I bind any disruptive spirit in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. And we yield to you in this moment, in this time. And it's only your voice we desire to hear. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, I'm going to start with my Russian ladies. Dobre e untro, ladies. Dobro bojolovant. I didn't say that right. Na divine. Yellow, blue, vos. How'd I do? <laughs> That's translated into good morning, ladies, and welcome to divine. I love you. <laughs> and you might say, how do you love me? You don't even know me. Well, I care about you. I pray for you, and like even spending time preparing these message, which I've done hopefully prayerfully, I can say I love you because those are all acts of love, right? I want to see God's gifting, those giftings that God placed deep inside of you drawn out. I want to see you come into that sweet spot where all of your giftings, callings, and purpose align themselves and are expressed. I talked about this the last time I, I spoke, and that's your sweet spot. And that's the most satisfying place on the planet for every one of us to be in. Now, when I say I love you and I pray for you and I want to see you move into that sweet spot, how would I know what to pray if I don't know you intimately? I could guess with a few of you what to pray. Like, I've known Beth for 38 years. Um, and work closely with her for the last six. I could maybe pray for Beth and get most of it right, but I'm sure there's hopes and dreams in her heart that I know nothing of. And I believe that there are things God's going to do through her, and she knows nothing of them yet, new giftings and callings that have yet to be expressed. And honestly, I don't know what the future holds for Beth, but God does. Only God knows that. And I would not want to pray something over her that doesn't align itself with what God has for her. I wouldn't want to pray that over anybody. You know, when I think of my husband and my children, I, I, I think I know them better than almost anybody else. And when I pray for them, and I pray for them in English, I pray for them with limited knowledge um, that I have. I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. Um, I can't predict the future. And I have some inkling of what their giftings are, but... I don't know the whole picture. The other temptation when I'm praying is, um, when I'm praying within my human limitations, the limitations of my own knowledge is that I pray what I want or what I think is best. 
like three godly Christian husbands and lots and lots of grandchildren, right? (laughs) (laughs) Or that my husband's passion to watch NFL football is redeemed for better use, right? (laughs) And even though I love these people dearly, I am limited. And even though I commit to praying for them, I want to say every day, but I miss some days, most days, I'm restricted by my human limitations. I sometimes watch my children struggle in different situations and um, that life can bring their way, and I have to go and stop and go, God, is this you because they need to go through a growing season and you're trying to show them something? Or is this the devil trying to get them off track? And you know what? I don't necessarily know. I do know we have an enemy because John 10.10 tells us that the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and destroy, right? But be of good cheer, people, because that scripture also says, but Jesus came so that we could have life and life more abundantly, right? So have hope, ladies. Always have hope. You know, God is ever so aware of what the schemes of the enemy are towards us and towards our loved ones, but I'm not. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will warn me or uh, give me a stirring um, inside of me that I need to pray. But without the help of the Holy Spirit, I don't know what to pray. I don't know what the perfect will of God is. You know, God in his infinite mercy and deep love for us wanted us to be equipped to be able to fight against our enemy. And what more beautiful way is there than having a secret language that is birthed out of our spirit that communes directly with God and praise down that perfect will of God over the person we're praying for. You know, 1 Corinthians 14.2 tells us, For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit, mysteries between us and God. You know, praying in the Spirit completely frustrates the enemy because he does not know what is being prayed. He knows that God will completely unravel any scheme he has tried for years to put into place for our lives to hurt us or to hurt someone he loves, we love. And it frustrates the enemy because when we're praying in the spirit, he doesn't know what we're praying. Only God could come up with such a brilliant plan to help us overcome what the enemy is trying to do, to give us a means to communicate with him directly without the enemy knowing what we're saying. In wars, different armies would use codes when sending information so that the, uh, the enemy would not know what the plans of the attack would be. Many people were busy trying to crack these codes so that they would know what their opponent was going to do. But the ne- devil's never going to crack this code because it changes all the time. This is our prayer language. Now, we need to distinguish the difference between the gift of tongues, which is one of the nine gifts that the Holy Spirit brings, And our prayer language, okay? The gift of tongues is one of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, which I believe we will be tackling next semester. You guys all have to come back for part two, okay? We cannot do the Holy Spirit in one session. We would not do him justice. We won't do him justice in two sessions, but we're we're doing the Holy Spirit again next session, and I believe we'll be tackling um, the fruit of the Spirit and the nine gifts of the Spirit. But one of the nine gifts of the Spirit is the gift of tongues. And the gift of tongues is... um, given not at your will, but the Holy Spirit comes on you. Now, you have to yield to it. 
those words aren't going to just pour out of your mouth without any control. You have control as to whether or not you will give that word. And it's usually given in a Bible study, a church setting, or a public setting like this. But it's always followed when done correctly with an interpretation. So someone would stand up and give a tongue. And then somebody else, or even sometimes the same person that gives the tongue, gives the interpretation, and they would give the interpretation. And the interpretation would be in the language of where you are. Like for in Canada, it would be either in French or English, depending on what part of Canada we would be. So that's the gift of tongues. That comes on you. You don't operate in that at will. Okay? With the gift of tongues and operating correctly, it'll always be followed with an interpretation. Okay? Both of these gifts can only operate if the Holy Spirit is to fill you, or to put it another way, you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, which seems to be our language, how we say it. Now, let me talk to you about tongues, our prayer language. Some people have been hurt because they've been prayed for to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and are not operating in the, in the, the gift of tongue, uh, talking in tongues, our prayer language. Um, that doesn't mean you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, okay? I remember when I first uh, uh, put my hand up to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I was a relatively new Christian, didn't have a lot of knowledge, but really felt an unction to go forward. So I went to be prayed for, and two lovely people, they really were, prayed for me, and um, they told me that as they would pray, and I, I asked to receive the Holy Spirit, and they would pray for me, that I would start to speak in a different language. And so they started to pray for me, and I was pretty uptight, not really knowing what was going on. So I couldn't really feel anything that was happening, so they would just pray louder, and one would be pulling me on one side and go, let go, let go. Another people, hold on, sister, hold on, sister. And this went on for a few moments, and I went, no, thank you, and I left. Now, in the next couple of, I did actually receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit that morning, and in the next couple of weeks, um, I realized that I had a fear inside of me when it came to speaking in tongues. And I remember at the time I was managing two restaurants, and I was afraid <laughs> that I did not have control over speaking in tongues. And I was afraid that I would walk up to a table and go, and how was your meal this evening? Or whatever, right? And that I would be freaking customers out, and I would be. So once I, I came onto the revelation that this was something, an utterance that I had control over, that I chose when I spoke in tongues, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Like, I started speaking in tongues. Now, when I first started speaking in tongues, it was like, or, you know, or something like this. And I remember I'd, I'd walk around the house and I'd go, and then i go, <laughs> I felt I sounded so ridiculous. And I did. And I did. But that has now grown. Over years, that has grown. And what used to sound like baby talk now is a fluent language. And I have different fluent, like when I pray in tongues, it's not always the same. It can be different depending on the, um, the situation. It can be different. Sometimes I'll, I will be praying, and I know it's an, I'll be praying for the, the church body. Or, um, and that seems to be different than when I'm praying for my own family. Or it seems to be different even if I'm doing, I know when I'm doing warfare. I know it. I know when I'm battling. I know it. And so the languages are different. Gail, can you come up? Gail's going to come and she's going to share with us her experience about, of having been baptized 
in the Holy Spirit. I've known Gail for 38 years. We met when we were 12. (laughs) It's our story. (laughs) Um, Just to give you a little bit of background, I grew up, um, but not really in the church, but going to church sort of thing. I was constantly um, repenting and asking God into my life. I just had no understanding about who God was, his word, how all of that was. And finally, in my teens, I decided that uh, God was all about rules and regulations, and I was done with the whole religion thing. However, I was very afraid of going to hell. I guess I must have heard that enough, right? And this really stayed with me. So to make a long story short, I'm going to go up to the uh, late 70s. And one of my friends had moved into an apartment across the hall from a single mom who was on fire, a Holy Spirit-filled, bold warrior for God, a really dangerous woman. Although I didn't know any of this at the time, okay? So my friend kept telling me that this woman had even less reason to be happy and have peace than she did, but she was always laughing and enjoying life. And I told her maybe she was just crazy, right? But then I noticed that my friend also was now happy and enjoying life. So uh, I found out that she'd actually got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. And she was bringing all of us, we were part of the friend group, to meet this lady whose name was Valerie. And uh, so finally it was my turn to go and to meet her. And uh, she asked me if I wanted to receive Jesus. And I knew that I had done that. And I said, well, I've been there and I've done that. And it hadn't changed anything long term. As eventually I would mess up repeatedly and then I would feel condemned and then I would give up. So she told me that what would make the difference in my life was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then I would have that power as well as desire to serve God. So I thought, wow, there was a little bit of hope that came there when she shared that with me. It was a glimpse of it. And I decided I would try this and see if this would make a difference. Plus, I saw the evidence in all my friends whose lives had changed, right? So I repented and asked and received God's forgiveness because she led me in a prayer for that. And then she led me in a prayer to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And now this was totally new to me. I, like Maria, I have never even heard of the Holy Spirit or speaking in tongues. And this woman, Valerie, she had me repeat a prayer asking God to read, like Jesus, to re- um, baptize me in the Holy Spirit. And I don't remember very much details about that. But anyway, immediately after I said the prayer, my eyes were closed and I saw Jesus. And out of his mouth were streaming his great big white letters. And I remember thinking, this is somewhat amazing. And I just kept watching this happen because I had no idea what to do. It was quite peaceful. And um, finally, after about a minute or so, I guess Valerie clued in that something was happening. And she asked me, and I said, um, I'm just watching these white letters come out of Jesus' mouth. And she told me, you're supposed to say those letters as they're being formed in the words. You're supposed to say them. And I said to her, I couldn't. The letters were coming way too fast. I couldn't possibly say them. And she said, well, just ask Jesus to slow the letters down. And I remember saying to her, are you kidding? This is Jesus. You don't ask Jesus to slow like he's God. You don't ask him to do anything. So it ended with me... 
getting three words. I think Rebecca last week said she had three words, and I don't know the meaning of the words, but I can spell them because I saw the letters, right? So anyway, I believe it was when the next day or so that the group of us, Valerie had brought under her wing, decided it was time for us all to go to church, right? So she took us to a on fire for God type church, like this one here. And this is not in, this wasn't here, this was in another city. And so after the service, one of the ministers was like she took me to see a minister to pray for me so I repented he prayed for me and he broke the power of a man hating spirit over me now that's part of the longer version so I'm not going to go into all that but as soon as he did I immediately had a release and I just started flowing in tongues and praying in my spirit language uh, prayer language so to tell you the truth the baptism of the Holy Spirit that's what made the difference for me okay I um really changed my life. It gave me power. It gave me the ability to serve, want to serve God, want to know him, hunger for the word. It was really exciting. And there's one thing I want to, a few things I want to share with you very quickly, but uh, one of the things the Holy Spirit did for me right soon after I had this, had this whole experience with him was I'd ask God to deliver me from smoking. Because I wanted to stop, but I just couldn't do it in my own willpower. And I smoked about a carton of cigarettes a week. And I actually had just bought a brand new carton. Isn't that the way it always is? And I was, re- <laughs> I was reading the Bible, and I was smoking a cigarette. And I read 3 John 2, which says, Beloved, I would have you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. And the Holy Spirit said to me, Read that again. So I, I did. I read it again, and I just started to weep. And, and I remember I got up, took the carton of cigarettes, and when I lived in an apartment, so the garbage couldn't go out till the garbage day, but downstairs there was a place for bins, and I put the whole carton in the bin, and I thought, I've been delivered now, and I went to bed. Well, the next morning I got up, and uh, I was making coffee, and I heard a voice, not audible, but a voice said to me, um, you won't enjoy that coffee unless you go get your cigarettes. But I, I recognized a difference. It was a suggestion to my mind rather than that. I don't know if anybody have ever had these driving, craving, pressuring my will to smoke. And I knew it's my choice. Right now, this was it. I chose whether I was going to do that or not, or give in to that or keep my freedom. So I said, yes, I will enjoy this coffee, and I'm delivered, and I will not smoke another cigarette, and I never have. <laughs> Amen. That was the Holy Spirit. The thing I found is that the Holy Spirit really wants to help other people as well. And uh, I just want to give you a couple of times that in the past that really stood out to me with other people. Um, I used to work in children's, serve in children's ministry conference, and in this very room we were having a conference many years ago, and there were other people from, workers from other churches here, and we had a ministry time, and a man came up who I had never met, I didn't know who he was. He stood in front of me, and when he did, two things happened simultaneously, exactly at the same time. I felt or smelled this horrible, horrible stench come up in front of me. And at the same time, I felt this overwhelming, amazing love for this man whom I'd never seen or heard of before. And I knew that 
there was what the stench was the sin. That's how God smelled sin. And yet at the same time, he loved this person. And that was to me just a real revelation. But I knew he was into child pornography. I don't know. I mean, that had to be the Holy Spirit. Cause I know. And when I asked him about it, he said yes, but he'd just gotten saved. He wanted to be set free and delivered from it. And here he was at a children's ministry conference, right? So anyway, I, was, I won't go into all the details, but just to let you know that that was taken care of. We are pastors. He had a meeting with pastors. All of that was taken care of. And the thing is, that's how much Jesus wants to use you. That's how much God, the Holy Spirit, wants to show you things so you can help other people, right? I had a child once in a prayer line at another church, and we were praying, and I knew that he was looking at pornography, and he was about 12 years old. I just knew it by the Spirit of God, and I said that to him, and he broke, and he's weeping and crying. I was able to pray with him. I was able to talk to his pastors, set that up so that they could minister to him and continue with that, and that's just, you know, part of what God does. Another time at a vacation Bible school, um, I'd given a call because I felt I was supposed to give a call for salvation, but nobody came up. And so what I did was then I felt, well, I'll give a call for healing. And several children came up, and this one girl that came to me, I knew, I heard the Holy Spirit say, this is the girl right here. And so I asked her, and she said yes, but she was too afraid to come up because nobody else had come up. So I was able to lead her to the Lord. We were able to pray with her. So to me, this is the part of the Holy Spirit wants to use is to help. I've prayed for children to receive the Holy Spirit, which is amazing. I love doing that. And I remember our lady what was in our children's ministry said, oh, I don't think that, not here, <laughs> I don't think that children can receive the Holy Spirit. I said, you just watch. <laughs> and I prayed for all these children who all spoke in tongues, and it was amazing. And my own son received, I, we prayed for him. my husband, and I was four years old, and he started speaking in tongues, right? Because he heard us, he'd heard us a lot, and he said, I want to do that too. <laughs> and so we, we taught him, and of course, and he started praying in tongues as well. So what I've learned is that the Holy Spirit really wants to help us in our own personal life and with others. And it made the difference to me. He wants to show you things that are going on, like Maria said, in your children's lives, in your family's life, in your friend's life, and just strangers. He wants to minister. If you're somewhere, you can help somebody that he wants to do that again. And none of this is on me, okay? The Holy Spirit wants to do it with everybody. Like, he's not a respecter of any person. He, he wants to use everybody that will be open to him and allow him to. He will do it. Because he wants to be your voice, your hands, your feet. He wants to be all of that to, in you and through you. And so um, I just encourage you about that. But the other thing I want to share with you is he's very gentle. He is so patient and so kind. He doesn't force anything. Um, he's just very loving, not pushy. In fact, I don't know how I could have made it through the last few years without him. I've had some rather uh, dark times, let's put it that way. And many of you, I'm sure, can identify because you've gone through your own situations, but I've heard his voice encourage me. I've heard him telling me he gets it and don't give up. And I've grown in my understanding of who he is and what he's doing and what God's plan for my life is. And I've learned to trust him in an even greater way. And that's something that's ongoing. I don't believe we ever arrive with the Holy Spirit. That's what makes it so exciting. You just keep growing in the things. I've felt his joy. I've experienced his love and his peace. And no matter what, you can have all of that no matter what. This is what I have been learning through all these things. And so... 
he desires to teach us about himself, how to love, how to love others, and he gives us that supernatural ability to do so. I don't think we can do it without that. That's my opinion, anyway. So it's a journey that the Holy Spirit wants us to navigate, and it's really an exciting, exciting life, but it's meant for living in the power of the Holy Spirit. So thank you. Thank you, Gail. I had to push her a little bit to do that, but... <laughs> little shove. Gentle, gentle shove, yeah. Thank you. That was very good, Gail. So I'm going to give you five reasons why desiring the Holy Spirit is a good thing, all right? Or it's actually desiring, the, desiring a spiritual language is a good thing. One, praying in tongues allows you to speak directly to God, all right? For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God since people won't be able to understand you understand you you will be speaking by the power of the spirit but it will be a mis- uh, but it will be mysterious that's first corinthians 14 2 which i already brought up earlier when you pray in tongues you're praying god's will directly to him it allows your mind to get out of the way so your spirit can commune with the father praying the perfect will of god down on any given situation number two Praying in tongues keeps you in tune with the Holy Spirit. Acts 2.4 says, And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Tongues is a gift from God. It's a gift. It allows you to pray the will of God by, empowering, by the empowering of the Holy Spirit. And when you pray in tongues, you are yielding, allowing the Holy Spirit who dwells in you then you are allowing that same spirit to pray through you so you are in tune with him, that perfect will of God again. It allows us to align ourselves completely with God who sees all, knows all, past, present, and future. Number three, praying in tongues strengthens your spirit. 1 Corinthians 14.4 says, A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. And Jude 1.20 says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. When I'm down, feeling frustrated, sometimes overwhelmed, when I don't know what to do in any given situations, when I know that my humanity sometimes is getting in the way in situations where I need to try and respond correctly and maybe I'm not, When I need to call up that fruit of the Spirit that resides inside of me, love, peace, joy, etc., we'll be addressing that next semester as well. It builds me up. It's like pumping your car full of gas. It's like sometimes my gas level is really low and it's getting dangerously, and I just need to pump myself back up, to just trust him to build me up. Praying in tongues builds you up spiritually and it helps you to live a spirit-filled life. Number four, praying in tongues allows you to pray even when you don't know what to pray. And the Holy Spirit, Romans 8.26 says, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Even when you don't know what to pray, you can still pray in tongues. You can trust your spirit to pray that perfect will of God regardless of the situation. There are times when we are yielding to the Holy Spirit in intercession and 
it might come out in groanings. And I liken this to childbirth, where you are birthing something supernatural out of the spiritual world into the natural world. We're birthing something. And sometimes that can come out in, in, in groanings. And um, I've been in, I was in a prayer meeting recently with Dot, and the both of us went into a groaning travail, and I believe we birthed something that day in the spirit. So don't be afraid if that happens. Just allow yourself to yield to the Holy Spirit. You can always be sure because all you have to do is bind the enemy in the name of Jesus and say, I yield only to the Spirit of God. And so that you don't need to fear that it's the enemy doing this. Number five, praying in tongues is a weapon against the work of the enemy. And then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone and anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name, and they will speak in new languages. They will be able to place their hands on the sick, and they will be healed. That's Mark 16, 15 to 18. Jesus proclaimed several things that would happen to those who followed him and continued his work. Speaking in tongues was one of those things. And it allows Jesus' followers to stand against the work of the enemy. We are in a daily battle. With the enemy, we're fighting against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Now think about it. Do you really feel equipped without the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to stand against the enemy? I know I don't. We've already talked about this incredible weapon that God has given us, the ability to pray into existence, the perfect will of God into any given situation for yourself and others. This was the last, one of the last instructions that Jesus gave his, to his disciples just before Jesus ascended into heaven. This is how important it would have been. It would have been his last time talking to them on this earth until they got to heaven, and it was one of his last instructions. Praying in tongues is a gift that's available to every believer. It allows you to pray God's will to him. It keeps you in tune with the Holy Spirit and strengthens your spirit as you stand against the work of the devil. Don't discount this powerful gift from God. Desire it. Embrace it. Relish the strength it adds to your spiritual life. Now, I remember when I was about 13 years old and I was raised Catholic, and I'm very grateful for my um, Catholic foundation because I have always known God and Jesus all my life. They've always been in front of me all my life. But in the Catholic Church, when you turn 12 or 13, I think it's grade 8, you have your confirmation, right? And the confirmation in the Catholic Church is posed to you as, this is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, I, I went through the confirmation. I got the new dress. I, there, at the time, the archbishop from the area would come, and every child would go before him, and he would go be baptized in the Holy Spirit, and then... They don't do this anymore, but at that point in time, they would slap you across the face. And I don't know, Orthodox, is it the same for some of the Orthodox, Delia? No? Okay. I thought the Orthodox might be similar. But I remember being really confused at that point in time, going, what is the Holy Spirit? Why is he slapping me across the face? Like, what's, like what's, what is this? And that kind of, that kind of um, positioned my brain to have... Um, a way of looking at the Holy Spirit that was not right. All right? And I had to come against and stand against that lie so that I could come in to know the fullness of the Holy Spirit. 
And I think that some of you in this room have maybe heard some of those lies in your past, and some of you have gone to the other side of it, and some of you are still processing it through, and that's okay. But in a few minutes, I'm going to have, a, I'm going to have the band come back up. I'm going to have some ladies come and stand. They've, they know who they are. And I'm going to encourage you on a number of things. One, if you've never been baptized to receive the Holy Spirit, this is an opportunity. And two, if you have been baptized to receive the Holy Spirit, but you've allowed it to go really dormant in your life. You've not used the giftings. You've not yielded to it. You've not done what you know to do. Today's an opportunity to have someone pray for you for that to be refreshed, and it can be a new day and a new step forward. And I would really encourage you in this because praying in tongues, I pray in tongues every time I'm coming to the church all the way from my home to the church, and it builds me up. Or sometimes I'm praying for someone else. It is a gift. It's a weapon. It's something that frustrates the enemy. So ask yourself this, and I don't want to push, but ask yourself this, why wouldn't you want it? Why wouldn't you want it?